spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Actual answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today is a synchronistic day. Ha! You didn't expect that, did you? You thought I was going to say it's a lovely day or a beautiful day. Well, it is. Well, I don't know. It's so early, there's no sun, and I feel like I'm up in the middle of the night. But (laughs) I'm taping this very early because our guest has to go to work. So that's giving you a hint, hint, hint that it might be a mom, 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 or a dad, dad, dad. It's a mom. Okay, so um, it's a synchronistic day because something really cool happened to me recently. I was awarded the People of Distinction Humanitarian Award. And at the same time that I was getting that award, there was another woman getting a similar, well, the same award, um, and we were in Washington, D.C. I've never met her before, didn't know her, didn't know about her project or anything, and we were both put under the umbrella of Good Works for Autism. So here's what's interesting. So because of that and for the consideration of time, we ended up being given this award together. It was a great honor and all of that. Um, but we got to sort of do it together. First she got hers and then I got mine. But we we were sort of back to back. Um, and I was like, I took her hand and I said, come on, we're moms together. And we did this thing together. And then I got busy and she got busy. I never saw her again. And uh, I go to my inbox and one of one of my emails is from somebody who says, you know, would you like to interview this person? Would you like to interview that person? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just looking for someone for autism. She goes, well, I know this mom. And I said, get out of town. <laughs> is this the one I was wishing I had asked to come on my show? <laughs> so I check, and sure enough, that's why I say it's a synchronistic day, because today's guest is someone who I met, was awarded an important award with, we went all the way to Washington, D.C. to get it. We're from California, and I forgot to ask her, and then, you know, got swept away in the, in the milieu of things. So um, I guess the universe wanted me to interview her because Therese Davis is going to be our guest on the show today. So how cool is that? Remember to say to the end of this show where I will do stories from the road. Although I'm in the middle of my dissertation and not going on the road all that much until November, which is next month, so I'm probably going to have to pull from my, I don't know, maybe my childhood. Maybe I'll tell, tell you a childhood story. We'll, we'll see how the show goes and we'll see what I tell you. Uh, but I promise it'll be interesting, as always. And I might as well admit it, we're not doing the okay, 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 great guest giveaway because I haven't done it in ages. I'm just going to offer up something of mine and make life simple or see if Therese wants to offer something up. Okay, that is the news, and that is the stuff out of the way in the beginning. So we can talk with Therese. Therese Davis is a mother. She's a writer and advocate for people with disabilities, which is why she's a a humanitarian. (laughs) She's featured in the documentary film, Base Cleft Bliss, Terrence's Path, and she's a contributor to the curriculum, Autism is the Interactive Experience. I'm curious about both of these. 
when um, when I met her, they showed a clip of the film. So we were good. we're going to start there. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lynette. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm 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 excited. I think it's it's like I said, it's so synchronistic. It's so cool. Uh, now, um, am I saying your name right? It's Therese. Therese. Okay, yes, so everybody, it's, it's, it's Therese. If you see her, you say Therese. It's not a problem. I, I respond to pretty much any type of pronunciation of my name. <laughs> Very pretty, though, Therese. I like it. Oh, um, thank you. So let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit. How? Tell me about the film. Well, the film is a, a documentary produced and directed by Patrick Scott. Uh, also, um, uh, Dia Shandra Hunter is an executive producer. Michael Berlin is also a producer, and they are the three of them are, have worked on different projects together over the years. Uh, but this project uh, was started a few years ago when I met Patrick after he screened uh, two of his uh, short feature films that had autism autism themes. Mm -hmm. And those two shorts are called With Me and El Abuelo. And after I saw those two shorts, he was walking out of the room, and it was literally one of those kind of you're not prepared for what you're doing moments and I just blurted out a pitch to him and that's how it started and I said are you interested in doing any other films on autism he said possibly I said what about a documentary <laughs> so he said oh my goodness. wait wait possibly. To, I'm going to interrupt you for one second <laughs> for you people who are just parents and well, not just points. You're never just a parent. That's like the most important part and the most work. But for those of you who are parents and have no understanding of um, pitch, the word pitch, uh, it, she doesn't mean bass clef bliss pitch like she stood there and went, oh, she doesn't mean that. <laughs> Although that would be a really good way to get his attention. She means she pitched him the idea. She gave him her like they call it an elevator pitch or a quick, quick, say it fast and make sure it sounds like something he wants to do. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for clarifying that. And uh, that's literally uh, how it started. And, uh, you know, we eventually uh, got to a 48-minute, you know, full-length documentary. And that documentary uh, is really chronicling uh, the life of my son, Terrence Patridge, and his love of music, and how music has uh, impacted his life, hence the title, Bass Clef Bliss, because he plays the tenor trombone, and it's a bass clef instrument. So that's how it all ties into um, uh, Patrick and and Michael and, and Dia, and, uh, you know, I... I okay. could go on and on telling you about. Okay, so let's let uh, I'm going to ask some questions. So, so sure. you know, there's a ton of autistic kids out there. I raised six of them myself. Mm-hmm. So how how did you focus the film? I I understand that he's involved in music, but how did you focus the film? What's the message of the film? Because you know there has to be a reason for this particular film. Oh, the reason is to empower people with hope. Uh, there's been so many stories, uh, unfortunately, I've heard about over the years about uh, people with autism and their family members and not very good endings. 
uh, endings like, um, you know, parents mm-hmm. losing hope and killing um, their kids and killing and their kids, giving them up. And yeah. yes, and I also, you know, in terms of my advocacy for people with disabilities, I kind of work in uh, social services and mental health and things like that. So uh, I'm face to face with uh, many different types of scenarios and while there are people like yourself thriving uh you know changing the world in very positive ways there are other people who are struggling and so our whole purpose for this film was to give people hope to say just because you're at a uh, difficult moment doesn't mean it'll always be that way uh so surround you know we feature several people in the documentary who helped along the way because this wasn't just about a solo mission between, you know, uh, with Terrence or me. Uh, It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with uh, teamwork and building community and uh, believing in something bigger than yourself and not being afraid to ask for help. So that's why we were trying to show um, that these outcomes can be very good, and you are not alone. So right. that's why we did that. And then in terms of the the documentary, how it fits in with that curriculum is that the curriculum well, wait, wait, I want to get on the hope thing first. We're going to oh, get to the sorry. curriculum in a second. So sorry. let's talk about hope for a second because um, a lot of the work that I do, it's first the good work first stemmed from a training called Sunrise, and um, I've then morphed it and added neurofeedback and all kinds of things. But I remember back then and even since, but that was when I first heard this constant sort of beating of the drum of don't give us false hope, don't give us false hope. And I had a hard hard time with this concept, how, how hope can be false. Hope is maybe it'll happen, so, you know, it can't be false because, because it's not mm-hmm. a for sure. Hope is just, mm-hmm. you know, a, a path. you can go down this life is miserable or life is possible path. And, um, and so I've done a lot of discussing on it, and I love that you brought it up. If we're giving hope, we're giving something mm-hmm. better than that. Let's get into that for a minute. When yes. you feel hopeful, what are the results? Uh, creativity, uh, right. optimism, right? Uh, energy, energy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what parent uh, of an autistic kid doesn't wake up and go, oh, not again? Well, get some hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clarity. Yeah. Uh, also prioritizing, uh, and it helps a whole lot with your procrastination. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so prioritizing. When you have hope, you have hope for something. So when you have hope for something, which is maybe mm-hmm. a skill, maybe it, whatever, now you know how to mm-hmm. choose, right? That's right. And and the thing is, is that you also, the byproduct of all that, of course, is the hope. But it's also the gratitude. And I feel that uh, gratitude is something that you have to keep at, pretty much at the center of your being, even when you're in grief. So we don't shy away in the documentary from the pain that happens in the life of the parent, seeing their child struggle. We don't beat around the bush on that. But we show how these things can all work together and something very beautiful can come from all of that struggle. What a fantastic point. It's It's a hard thing to teach that denial doesn't help but that you can maintain um, 
your positive outlook even as you suffer. That's that's, that's right. beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, well, I love this. I love the intention, and thank you for letting me play a little with the the whole concept of you know what does hope give you because it's very tangible and real. And without it, so just to finish on that subject, in my opinion, and I want I would love your voice on this. In my opinion, um, why a lot of parents struggle with hope is the external environment is constantly beating them down, telling them not to be hopeful and that they're being fools and, um, you know, accept the limitations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it would be easier for them to be hopeful if we all just sort of connect as parents and hold hands that way. I think that's, I think that's absolutely true, and, and that's exactly what you did with me when I met you in Washington, D.C. You literally <laughs> took my hand. <laughs> and, that, you know, that gesture may seem small, but it really wasn't. Because what it was is that you made it uh, about something bigger than just yourself. Uh, you know, the, all of the people there, I'm sure you remember, uh, their work is phenomenal. And I think one thing that they all have in common, uh, even as different as all of their particular, um, you know, projects may be, is that they were really focused on others. You know, these are people who are seeing that, okay, I have certain skills and certain talents, um, and I'm going to use them to try to make lives better for, you know, in, in terms of people who may be having all kinds of difficulties. Um, so the external environment piece, it's huge. It's very Because uh, you're right. There are a lot of messages that sometimes family members, parents can get, and sometimes those opinions are coming from people very close to you, <laughs> and you value their opinions, and you love them, and you, uh, <laughs> you, you want to uh, know that they are supporting you, uh, but sometimes their own grief process uh, or their fears or their uncertainties uh, may overwhelm them at times, and so uh, you have to learn how to filter these messages. Absolutely. Uh, or, or they're looking at their children or their grandchildren or their nieces or their nephews who are dealing with an autistic child, and they're thinking, I just don't want her disappointed. <laughs> so you want me to be miserable mm. the whole time? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's not a good trade-off. You're wrong here. <laughs> right. Right. And, right and just, and just to know that, uh, you know, if, let's just say, someone doesn't have that in their immediate circle, you can always reach out and find other people because uh, there's so much more support now. I'm sure you've seen the the great increase in support over the years right. in autism. Which, yeah, which is unfortunately because of the increase in autism. So it's like a you know a double edged sword there. You know, I when I first started this was whew, in the 70s and uh, mm-hmm. nobody knew what it was, and so I had the blessing of being able to make it up, and I had the curse of not getting any information, and it was both. So there's always that. But if you have an intention for positive outcome, we're back at the prioritizing. When you have an intention for positive outcome for yourself, your child, your family, um, mm-hmm. all the people around you, you know how to make choices as you go. Sometimes you fall apart, you know, you sleep or 
couple days, start again. But you you will know how to prioritize. So please have um, it's it's the intention you have that will decide which path you take. We are listening to a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. It's a wonderful day. It's a synchronistic day. It's two moms talking about how they play in the world to make a difference. Uh, Teresa Davis, it, uh, Therese Davis, is the <laughs> mother of an advocate and advocate for people with disabilities. She's a writer. She's featured in the documentary film Bass Class Bliss, Terrence's Path, and Terrence's Her Son. We're having a great chat. She's also a contributor to the curriculum Autism is the Interactive Experience. We're going to get into that in a second. Remember to stay to the very end of the show where I will do stories from the road and okay 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 I'll be the great guest giveaway again and I'll give away something alright um, or maybe we'll ask Ter- oh let's ask Therese right now so Therese do you have mm-hmm, a copy yes. of the of the film you'd like to offer up well I certainly can arrange that certainly yeah I I, I would love that Okay, so she's going to try to figure that out. And if she can't, I'll give you a copy of my newly finished docuseries, Fix It in Five. And I literally just finished um, the second family season uh, three days ago. So um, that'll be that'll be cool to offer if she can't figure out how to give you a copy of Base Class Bliss. But I bet you she will. So the first person to send an email to mom, M-O-M, not you, M-O-M, number four, ever more at Juno, J-U-N-O, not Gmail, J-U-N-O dot com. In the subject line, you put um, Terrence's path. Put that. And uh, the first person gets it. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about the interact. Autism is the interactive experience. What is that? Uh, autism is the interactive experience is a curriculum that was developed by uh, about six people. I was one of the contributors, and uh, the curriculum includes the three films uh, of Patrick Scott, the two uh, narrative shorts and the documentary, uh, Base Cliff Bliss, Terrence's Path, and then the curriculum that goes with it features segments from the film, and it's directed towards kids who are neurotypical or who do not have autism to help them to learn about what autism is. And so we take uh, scenarios uh, from the films and we break them down into different groups. And we also take in some other real-life situations that don't have anything to do with the movies. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had this a wonderful team led by Dr. Grace Fantaroni, uh, who is now a professor uh, in education at Point Loma Nazarene University here in San Diego, and Dr. Karen Cass, who uh, is in private practice psychotherapy in L.A. They were the leaders on this team, and uh, they have so much experience in education and with children. Uh, we were able to uh, make this curriculum to pull out maybe some of the questions and some of the problems that uh, we've all seen in classrooms and sort of give context to some of the social situations that go awry or some of the behaviors that may seem off-putting and 
also look at it from a problem-solving perspective so that we can build community at the lower ages, you know, the younger ages, so that there's some bridges being built. Because as you know, you're an expert in this. You know mm-hmm. that social skills is a hallmark of the disability. Yes, so. and, people, and people try to teach social skills. I always think this is so funny. They go, well, we've got him in school surrounded by people who know how to play. Why isn't he picking it up? And I'm like, so if you take somebody and you throw them in an alligator pit, are they going to turn into an alligator? No, you have to teach this. You have to that's say, right. you know, that's a ridiculous concept that they're just going to be immersed in it and pick it up. You have to help. Well, we all, well that's true. And then we also saw it from the other perspective is, you know, uh, the kids who don't have autism also need to be taught. That's Absolutely. what the curriculum is for. Because how, how you know, if someone, you know... Because they're the ones, that, like they're the, the alligators in the alligator pit. You say, please don't eat the child while he's learning. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> you know, we have people coming from uh, uh, various perspectives uh, put in the same environment, and somehow we're, just by being around each other, we're supposed to know what to do. Yes, and exactly. that doesn't really work all the time. There may be some children who are are so uh, other-centered and uh, have so much empathy that they will naturally extend themselves. I've seen this at different times. But they'd but still be so norm. much. But they'd still be so much more benefited by some information. So even oh, those yeah. children, imagine with some information, how wonderful they can be. Oh, exactly. And so we have uh, we have a, a teacher workbook, and then we have student workbooks that go with it. Well, right now we're very excited because we're going to be starting the. You know, you're in this field, so you understand the term evidence based. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to do a study on the curriculum. Uh, you know, show that it is effective, get those results published, and then it will be deemed evidence based, and uh, we will be able to. Uh, you know, try to extend it to different school districts uh, all over. We're currently, it's actually being used in part by the San Diego Community College District and in um, some of their adult uh, programs. And then we have an exciting partnership uh, with the film, with the documentary film, uh, with the University of Southern California School of Social Work. Um, some of their classes are going to be showing the film to offer their students a perspective on the parent piece of it. And, of course, uh, Terrence's uh, piece of being a person with autism. So uh, we're, we're you know, making connections like with you and <laughs> with yeah. other people to, to show that you know, we've, we've got multiple areas here where we can uh, assist. And Well, I'll, I'll think, tell you, Therese, one of my pet peeves is... I take my my one son who's still challenged. The other kids are off the spectrum, but he was multiply hit by a lot of uh, issues, and he's just always good. He's a slow-moving miracle, and he's a beautiful guy, and I take him everywhere I go, and he's always the only one. And I'm always like, come mm-hmm. on, people. If how is How can the others... This is exactly what you're talking about. How can all of our neurotypical world that's walking around um, in the grocery store, in the bookstore, at the mall, how can they know what to do and how to be and how to connect if we don't bring our people out? You know, and so, but with some guidance, with some information. And so it's always one of my things. In fact, one of the things I do, and I'll offer it to your group uh, free of charge, which is, by the way, 
big gift. Um, mm. I do a talk on gestural language when someone's nonverbal and my son comes up to models it and it's really beautiful. We could do a little workshop on that if you want at any time. Oh, um, but oh, it's great. really important. You're welcome. It's really important to expose both parties. Well, right. I mean, if communication is supposed to be, you know, going in both directions, then, you know, we need to kind of facilitate that because nobody knows everything. Uh, if I was in the dark with a child and I had you know, uh, every single ounce of me wanted to help him, um, I was still in the dark. I still had to get information. And if I didn't get that information, I'm sure we wouldn't be at the point in his life right now where he's now playing classical and jazz and theater theater productions and all this other stuff. Right. I mean, that that's a byproduct nobody could have seen. But without information, without empowering yourself with knowledge and then practical ways to to implement things, not giant, huge theoretical concepts that you can't really put into your everyday life. It has to be a, a, a mix of those things. You know, the theories are wonderful. There are people who dedicate their whole lives to that. But when you're in the moment and you want to protect your child from running out into the street and getting hit by a car, uh, you know, you've got to have some other other strategies. And so... There's the parent piece, and then there's the peer piece. I really think that the peer piece is 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 crucial because they're gonna, our kids are going to grow up and be in the world. Like you said, the grocery store. What a great example! It's right. a very common thing that most people experience, but it can be very overwhelming to somebody uh, on the spectrum. And you know, if something uh, overwhelms them, overstimulates them in the store. Uh, we want or to have people who can respond them. with empathy. Right. There's a. I see my kids respond pretty well, or even when they were little, really pretty well in all of those environments, as long as they never got any sort of disdain sent their way. It was mm-hmm. when people were responding to them negatively that they would fall apart. That was always the bigger thing. And it's such a simple thing to teach the world to not do. And, and what to do in its place. And so I love that you said um, the thing about it's nice to have these great concepts, but you need some actual tips and tricks and techniques and what do I do? How do I maintain hope while I'm exhausted and and it's chewing the wallboard, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when you say, you know, I thought I wore this yesterday. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm wearing the same clothes as I did. Yet. You know, what date is today? You know, <laughs> when you when you're in that sleep exhausted state and everything. Yeah, the sleep deprivation, how it how it messes with you. But you can you can find humor in all of it eventually if you just hang in. And so, you know, we're back to that, that concept of hope again. Right. Uh, and so and if, we, if we have a, a sort of a connection with all the other parents, but also the teachers, I love that you're talking about this so inclusively. It's very easy to turn into us against them. So we're going to hit on that, and then we're going to close the show because we're out of time. But um, everything you're saying has this beautiful inclusive sound to it. It's like, you know, bring the neurotypical children into it. Bring the, you know, appreciate and have gratitude for all the information that came your way and all the specialists that helped. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there were some that didn't help. <laughs> but, um, but 
We have a tendency in our society to do what you see in our political arena right now, the Trump and the Hillary campaigns. Like, it doesn't have to be us against them. And I think as long as it's us against them, we do a disservice to our kids and ourselves. So you want to hit on that just a little before we say goodbye and you tell them how to follow you and find the film? Oh, sure. Um, I find that, that, you know, if you have an us against them mentality, which, you know, can creep up at any time, um, it can kind of put you in a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. And while that may be appropriate in, like, safety situations, you know, right. like if someone is trying to aggress upon you or something, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Something where, you know, your life is literally in jeopardy. That's that's a totally different thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But in terms of just the, the journey of collaborating with people, um, you can spend a lot of time and energy being in that us against them uh, mindset. And it can also be a big drain on your energy. Um, it can trick you into thinking that you're isolated, that you're in this all by yourself. There's no one there to help. And then those negative thoughts can just cascade and cascade and keep going and going. And before you know it, you've convinced yourself that it's a fight all the time. And if it's a fight all the time, um, you may miss some of the people who are really not there to fight with you. Um, and so and that could be anybody. It could be a friend, it could be a teacher, it could be uh, an occupational therapist, it could be be anybody. Um, So it's good to be aware of of your own wounds and your own triggers. Uh, You know, maybe it's a tone of voice that someone uses or or the way they look at your child or maybe it is, you know, really that they're just not the best fit for your child. Well, in that moment, you just say, well, this is a chance for me to learn how to be a better advocate and then you move on. Because every single second is important. They're only kids for so long. And we know that, you know, every moment counts. So I would just encourage people to be aware of, yeah, if you see that someone is maybe, I would use a strong word, detrimental to your child, then yeah, seek out some help somewhere else. But don't assume that everyone is against you because that's a distortion. That's not the case. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was really well said and beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So how do people, you know, support the film and support the curriculum and all of that? What what would you like everyone to do? Tell them how to follow you, where to go, what to do. This is your moment for that. And to just share whatever Um, tip you want. Sure. Um, We do have a a Facebook page for the film, Base Close the List, Terrence's Path. And we also have a website. Um, uh, You can... Literally just Google the the name Base Club Bliss and you'll see uh, everything come up and just check us out. We have the music video on the website. We have the movie trailer on the website and all the contact information to set up screenings is right there. And so um, right now uh, we're just we're we've done about more than I mean, more than twenty screenings in different part, parts of the country. Uh, we've screened in New York. We've screened in Florida. Um, screened in different places in Southern California. Um, it's it's been it's been good. We've we've had several different sh- uh, screenings, and so all the contact information is there. Okay. And 
I would just encourage people to check out the uh, Facebook page for any uh, information about screenings. Uh, Dia does an outstanding job of uh, getting all that information out there. And uh, that's how you can find it. You certainly um, shared a lot of great things with us today. Is there any last words you'd like to share? Uh, My last words is more gratitude to you, (laughs) thanking you for uh, reaching out to me in in Washington. I only knew one other person in that whole room, and when I saw you with your beautiful smile, I immediately felt just kind of welcomed and embraced. Uh, And uh, you're a beautiful person inside and out, and... and, uh, I'm just so glad to have met you, and thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope this is the beginning of of us I collaborating. I hope so too. I hope so too. And and I was serious when I offered you the gift. So you know, if there is um, a moment when that would be useful, I'd love to do that for you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I, I feel that this is going to be a very good thing. <laughs> okay. I, I, I I really do. I. Uh, I admire the work that you're doing and the passion with which you do it, and uh, I'm I'm so glad to know you. Oh, thank you, and back at you. All right, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna close the show, and I know you have to go to work, people. She actually works, so <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go ahead and say goodbye to you and let you get off for the rest of your day. And the sun is still not up. That's how early and committed we are to the cause. Um, <laughs> I see I see lightness in the sky though. All right. Thank you so much, Therese Davis. Thank you, Lynette. Have a wonderful day. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Wow, that was Therese Davis of the well, of everything. <laughs> of mother of force in the world of um gosh, you know, of a film of uh, of connecting with parents and professionals and and making a difference in how we all see everything. I think she's uh she's pretty special. And I think, you know, she was giving me gratitude, which is a lovely thing to do and I appreciate it very much, but let's let's land on the reason or the connection she's referring to. So there we were, we were the ones, you know, we were the autism ones. And although I was there on brain disorders overall, most of my most of my impact in the world has been centered around autism. And so you know, it was natural for them to show a little clip of her film and then to bring me up. And, and it was also natural for me to say, wow, us moms, we're also professionals. It's a thing that I, I like to do in the world to say, lead with the mom card, because to me, that's my greatest credibility. But that doesn't stop there. You're not just a mom in your home and, and that's it. You're a parent everywhere you go. You're a parent, and you're a parent. <laughs> but you are. Like, you can't. I think that's funny. I did, that was an accident of the tongue, but it's really true. You walk around with your children that are special needs, and you're very apparent <laughs> to the rest of the world. And so it's just a natural next step, or even a simultaneous step as you grow and learn and help your child to share, share, share. And if your goal is a positive outcome, and a positive outcome is anything from, you know, just I have a happy child who stays home all day and plays music, but he's thrilled and he's my best friend, to I have, I'm picking from my family, I have a helicopter mechanic who's been overseas twice and just got married. I mean, 
you know, every child is different, has different potential. But when your positive outcome is just a positive experience, you can always pick and choose and you will be a parent as you parent and you will make a difference in the world and you will be an expert and you will end up giving advice to others and sharing with others and because you're doing what they're being told can't be done. So understand that if you choose to be successful as in joyous with your raising of your children and finding the, the beauty in it, you will undoubtedly end up an expert in that because it is the exceptional stance. Now, it's not as exceptional as it used to be. So we're winning this, right? We're joining hands like, like at the, the event. I thought, you know, we're parents first. And that's where we got our expertise. So I grabbed her hand and we held it up and we talked and we hugged. And, and I made her a part of my acceptance speech because, in fact, without all the others who are trying to make this positive difference, I'd have been too much of an island and it would have been too much for me. So, um, and it's not, you know, it's not too much. You can do it with some information, with some positive outlook, with some help. Okay, so... It is time for, because we're not going to do okay, okay, the greatest giveaway, because <laughs> we already did it, because Therese said that she would give a copy of the film. Don't forget to send that email. First one in gets the film, and I'm very excited about that. Hopefully, it's someone I know, so I can have a copy, too, <laughs> or I'll just ask Therese. Anyway, um, all right, so that's fantastic. Now it is time for Stories from the Road. Ah, so right now I'm doing a leadership, virtual leadership summit, and I interviewed tons and tons of leaders from around the world. I'm going to be interviewing Tony Atwood as well. I'm excited about that because I thought he wasn't going to be a part of it. I'm literally done all my interviews, but he sent me a thing saying, I'm in the country. If you want, we can fit in an interview. So I'm opening up <laughs> opening up the door for an interview with Tony Atwood. Now, if you don't know who Tony Atwood is, um, he's from Australia, and he's a doctor that is very well-known, especially in relation to Asperger's, but which doesn't exist anymore according to the DSM-5, but we all say it anyway. Um, but also, all, all of the children on the spectrum, he's written books, he's gone around and talked. I mean, Tony Atwood's pretty famous, sort of behind Temple Grand in there. She's, it's pretty hard to beat Temple's fame. And I've um, interviewed Tony before, so I'm really excited to be interviewing him for the Leadership Summit. I, I would love you guys to check it out, and the reason is, it's funny because I'm doing a lot of leadership. I've got a new book out called The Seven Senses of Leadership because much like Therese, I think the world needs to have a better understanding of the sensory system, how information travels. Now, I have this little extra thought in my head, which is, you know, if they understand that, they'll understand our kids better. But... I want to get that information to the teachers, the administrators, all the people that lead our children and ourselves, the specialists. I want them 
to understand this better because we will have better communication amongst us. So I try to speak to every single level in the world, whether it's the the people at the top, the people, you know, just scrambling for a position at the bottom, just trying to get through the day because they're sleep deprived, um, or whether it's people in the middle going, okay, I think I'm winning this race. Uh, so um, this leadership summit, I'm excited about it because it'll be virtual. It's all free. I've interviewed all kinds of leaders and you can just type in, you know, your email information. That, then you'll get on my newsletter too, so that would be cool. Um, and I'm going to put it up in the next few weeks. It'll be on my website, so please keep a, an eye out there, lynettelouise.com. And the reason I'm excited for you guys to pay attention to that is there's really a lot of need for parents and educators and, and uh, special Ed specialists, whether it's speech or whatever it is, to communicate better and to understand how to lead the communication in such a way that they are heard. And I can't think of a better book to read than this for that. Um, doesn't you know? It doesn't help to just stand there and talk louder. It's like the person talking louder and louder just because they think you know you'll then understand their language. So you know you're English and they're Spanish, and so you talk louder, slower in English. No, they're still Spanish and you're still English. So you have to learn how information travels uh, via the eyes and the nose and the, like. Think about my son has a problem. Okay, stories from the road. Here we are. All right. So my son has a problem with anal leakage. He doesn't have to wear a adult diaper or anything like that, but he has a problem with anal leakage. And he also has a problem with loving to eat a lot. So now the heavier you get, if you have a problem with anal leakage, if you don't know this, uh, it's worse, <laughs> right? So if you get too heavy, the ability to wipe for him is impacted because he has very poor, he's got more than autism. He's got a, a pretty sad story before I adopted him and, and it's impacted his whole developmental process. So um, it, his hands don't work super, super well, so it's hard for him to wipe. So here he is. He's in a conundrum, right? He loves to eat, wants to eat a lot, um, has, you know, not a ton of skills, uh, but is very smart, has anal leakage, and it's hard to wipe the heavier you get. So, you know, it's this sort of feedback loop of I want to eat, I get fat, now I can't wipe, now I smell, now when I go out in the world, people are offended by me. So most people think of information passing as simply the ears and maybe the eyes. You know, I'm talking, you're looking at my body language, you're hearing my words, and that's how information passes. But it's much bigger than that. So let's say that my son, um, in fact, I'll tell an actual story since it's stories from the road. So we went to the grocery store, and there was a very pretty girl at the checkout counter, the kind he likes. He likes girls that are they're similar to me. So he likes girls that have a certain body size. I think he feels safe because he's imprinted on who I am and, and whatever. He loves me like crazy. So he's like, well, if you're like my mom, you must be good. So, <laughs> so he was clearly trying to flirt with this lady. But he smelled bad. Now, he had smelled fine on the way to the grocery store. Speaking of grocery stores, all my stories are in grocery stores. Um, he had smelled fine on the way there. 
we always check. We make sure. We're like, how do you smell? Are you doing good? <laughs> right? Good job. Everything's going well. But if you have a little anal leakage and, and you get a little nervous and you didn't wipe really well when you used the washroom at the grocery store, you know, a problem can evolve. So there we are. We're standing in the line. He's, you know, giving her the, uh, uh, the, he arches his eyebrows and he smiles and he kind of tilts his head. And then he speaks in his very unintelligible language that only I and a couple of close-in people fully understand. And, um, and she's like trying to be comfortable with him and being, com- and being you know, pretty successful in it. And it almost was working. You know, it was a beautiful moment. I was like, oh, I could smell it a little bit, nothing major. But, of course, I'm in front of him. She's in front of him. So it's going pretty good. She's saying, so how are you? And you're sure good at grocery shopping. And she's trying to have a conversation. And when necessary, I'm saying, oh, he said this. And then the person, okay, I'm going to cry. Then the person behind him goes, whoo! That man stinks. Now, I know that the person behind, usually people just sort of step back a few steps, right? They don't usually say something like that. So I know that the person behind him had his own special need or he wouldn't have spoke up like that. So I'm not angry. We're not upset. I mean, I can't ask you to accept my son if if I can't accept the other person. But at the same time, the entire thing crumbled. So what, what a, a messy, speaking of anal leakage, what a messy moment. My son's trying to be beautiful and handsome and have a little flirt on <laughs> with his, you know, I think she was like 40, but whatever. <laughs> and he's doing his best and I'm doing my best and this girl's doing her best. And maybe the man who said that also was doing his best and has a problem with filtering and and self-control and impulse resistance. So, you know, it was it was one of those moments where it kind of freeze frames and everything goes slow motion and you hope you're responding well, but my son didn't feel very comfortable and he he just started to turn red and his ears turned red. I'm sure you've seen that. It's a state change when when your child is having an emotional shift or, or a physiological shift from food or anything, they can often get red ears and red cheeks, especially the ears. They're very uncomfortable. And this is when you might get, you know, an outburst of screaming or a, a meltdown of sorts. Um, in my son's case, he's not really a person to melt down anymore, especially, you know, if I'm with him or whatever. I suppose if I'm not, he might. So um, it was just a moment. It was a moment that was in slow motion, that we were all uncomfortable, and the flirting went away, and the girls stopped looking at him. And um, I just said, well, sweetie, you'll have to be more careful when you use the bathroom and wipe more carefully because, you know, clearly everybody can smell it. Um, and this is what we talk about, you know. And so I took advantage of the moment, and I just talked matter-of-factly. And I explained what he could do differently next time. I said, it's no big deal. Uh, maybe you just have gas. You know, gave an excuse, um, knowing that it's probably leakage. And I'm like, do you have gas? And he just jumped on that. Yes, yes, right? But my heart, my heart. So that's your moment of grief. 
that Therese was talking about. But the hope is that next time on the way into the store, when I say, hey, just in case there's a pretty girl there, and you use the public restroom, can I just make sure that you wiped properly? Can I come in with you, please? Or make sure you wipe properly and I'll check before we get to the counter. Or um, don't flirt with her if you're like, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter so much as it matters that we make it a good thing. We make it a learning. We make it the next step to success instead of sitting around going, oh, my God, everybody sucks and that was horrible. Sure, it was a horrible, sad moment, but it was also a stepping stone. It was a moment when what I had told him would happen did. And because of that, not a lecture, not a I told you so, but a possibility to say, see, honey, I'm not just being someone who's trying to get in the way of your life. I'm being someone who's trying to facilitate your life. Let me help you get that skill. And if you take it that way, it's always full of hope. It's always full of energy. It's always full of joy. And even those moments turn into nothing but a stepping stone. I wish you many stepping stones. I wish you positive outlook. I wish you joy. And thank you for being here. You've been listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teaching host. Otherwise known as the brain broad. Eh, blah, blah, blah. You can tell it's early. The brain broad, not the blame broad. <laughs> and today was a synchronistic day. I hope this podcast finds you at the time when you need it most. Thank you for being here because without you, I'd be talking to myself at this point. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.